Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would like to uh, get a hold of me, you sure can. On the listener hotline, that number 303-832-0217. We also have all kinds of contact links in the description of the show. When I say we, I mean me. Uh, I am a podcaster of one. <laughs> so if I ever say we, it really is just me uh, doing everything around here, including sweeping the floors. Now, today on the show, I wanted to talk about a few stories I've collected over the past couple of weeks and also open up the mailbag. And I received a message from somebody on the old WhatsApp. Uh, and you can contact me on the WhatsApp from around the world. Uh, you can get you can find that contact uh, in the description of the show as well. Uh, you know, I've told you in the past that Finland has a law that allows their speeding fines to be tied to the wealth of the person who was caught speeding. Well, this multimillionaire businessman there in Finland has been now hit with one of the world's largest and highest speeding fines ever. Imagine this being fined for speeding. Yes. Uh, It was 121,000 euros, which is about 130,000 U.S. dollars. And this guy was going uh, 30 kilometers or about 18 miles an hour over the speed limit. So high, yes. Egregious, probably not uh, worthy of $130,000 speeding ticket fined. Definitely not. (laughs) Now, in Finland, tickets are calculated as a percentage of the offender's income. And this guy is 76 years old. He is a super rich guy. They actually have a stadium named after him. He makes all kinds of money. And he, he said he really regrets the matter, adding that he had just started slowing down. But, quote, I guess I, it didn't happen fast enough. That's how it goes. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, fines for those traffic infringements there in Finland. Now, they're based on the severity of the offense and the offender's income. And police can check that instantly by connecting to their smartphones a, a little central tax- taxpayer database. And they knew that this guy makes a lot of money. Now, under the Finnish system, a day fine is what they call it. It's calculated based on the offender's daily disposable income generally considered to be about half of their daily net income. And the more a driver is over the limit, the greater number of day fines they receive. Now, this wasn't the first time this guy was fined uh, a lot of money for speeding. In 2018, he was fined almost 64,000 euros uh, for speeding. And in 2013, he was uh, fined nearly 100,000 euros for speeding. And he said he hoped the fines would be spent usefully. Quote, I, I have heard the government wants to save 1.5 billion euros on health care in Finland. So I hope that my money can fill a gap there. Well, they're a lot closer, sir, with your um, latest fine of $130,000. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I received an email recently titled, Revealed, which demographics are more likely to get into an accident in the U.S.? Now, I thought that sounded interesting. So I contacted the person who sent uh, the email to me. And after asking and asking and asking and asking one final time, 
for an interview, I was told, apologies for the delay in the response. I had to go through 2,000 emails in the last few days. Unfortunately, our client isn't interested in participating in a podcast at the moment, but I'll let you know if anything changes. Hope you have a great day. Oh, goodness. 2,000 emails, really? 2,000? I get well over 100 emails a day through the newsroom. I mean, that's and, and there's a lot of emails that come through our newsroom about this situation or that story or, or this breaking event, whatever's happening. Maybe 5% of these emails that come through the email, my email system, pertain to me. So I'm doing a lot of swiping to delete all these emails on the phone or, or when I get online. So it's hard, to, hard for me to believe that a PR agency receives that many emails. Now, maybe this person had been on vacation or on sabbatical or whatever, and they had to go through 2,000 emails, but that's not what they said. They said they get 2,000 emails in the last few days. I, I, anyway, I don't buy it. Uh, now, <laughs> that being said, uh, according to the data from the uh, press release, it comes from uh, the Newfeld Law Firm based in Florida. And it says that the people statistically more likely to get into a car accident are between the ages of 21 and 25, are 5 foot 10, weigh 196 pounds, and are white. So if you're a white guy about 5'10 and in your early 20s, you're destined for a wreck. <laughs> and I wanted to know more about this. I want to know, all right, why? how do you come up with all these demographics? And what does it really mean? Now, a spokesperson for the Newfeld Law Firm commented on the findings in this press release to me, saying, it's crucial to approach this topic with empathy and understanding rather than blame. Young drivers may face unique challenges as they navigate their newfound independence and learn to handle the responsibilities of being behind the wheel. Apparently, nobody from the law firm wanted to come on, so that's why we will never know more about this story, which really frustrated me. But I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, so I will go ahead and uh, click and delete my list of questions uh, for that one. All right. The seventh annual Uber Lost and Found Index is back. And they were looking at the most commonly forgotten and most unique lost items in a car when somebody uh, is getting an Uber. Clothing, phones, keys, as you can imagine, wallets topping the list. But there are some unique items and some unusual items that were also left behind. Now, these are the top 50 most unique lost items. I wish I could go from 50 down to one, but because there's not like multiple items, and you'll see why in a moment, they're just these, they're just items. So there's no uh, like counting from 50 all the way down to one because the first one here is a Danny DeVito Christmas ornament. And I don't think there's many multiple Danny DeVito Christmas ornaments that have been left over the last year in an Uber. Uh, another one, uh, my dog is in the car, toy poodle. Uh, blue cap that says, I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. You would imagine that's a pilot. A fog machine. Some rags for bowling. I guess that would be maybe for the bowling ball, since you don't really need a rag for any other aspect of bowling. An ankle monitor. Hey, they're free. <laughs> so it just took them some time to get the ankle monitor. Apparently, they were able to get the phone and the Uber account, and then uh, off they go. Uh, a unicycle. Maybe they left that in the trunk. A lot easier to get in than a bicycle. Uh, 16 ounces of fake blood. So that's a full pint. I wonder if it was in the bag or in a glass. 
a pin with Jesus holding a slice of pizza. I, you, you, do you think Jesus would like pizza? Probably. Everybody likes pizza. A small camping stove with funeral pamphlets. Um, well, maybe they're going off for a burning thing where they're going to purge, you know, with love notes that's, that's happened. Uh, a cat collar that says Maui on it. So the cat is either from Maui or is named Maui. Some small stone carved whales. Reminds me of Shawshank Redemption carving chess pieces out of stone. A sentimental green pen. How did they know it was sentimental? Like maybe the owner contacted and said, that's a green pen I left in your car, and it's quite sentimental. Uh, a foam crown Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Probably coming from a Statue of Liberty uh, party of some sort. A lightsaber. Probably not real. Some hamsters. I, I don't know if they were in the cage or out of a cage. A half a gallon of fireball. That's a lot of fireball. Because, it. well, I guess that would be just like a really big, uh, the one and a half liters. Is that a gallon? How much is a liter and a gallon? No, because you get the two liters and that's like a half a gallon. So it would be just under a two liter thing. Because they sell, why do they sell liquid, the drinks in liters? And we all get that. But we can't figure it out with the gasoline. Or anything else. Not that I want to go to the metric system because I don't want to. I don't like it. But uh, why? Why? I thought that was the way they were going to do it. So in the you know I was growing up uh, in the eighties. You you, know, you go buy a two liter of pop, right? And you so you or or soda or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, it was always a two liter. You're always buying a two liter. But they still sell the uh, sixteen ounce, the pint size of the single drinks at the time, and you still buy a gallon of gas. So there's too many of these systems where you're going back and forth and back and forth. We're like bilingual, bilingual when it comes to uh, measuring liquids. Uh, a mannequin wig head, six cheesecakes, my happy sauce, um, <laughs> Britney Sears fantasy perfume. A uh, Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare. Two fingernails. That's gross. A fire sword. A small felt stuffed animal. Two painted rat traps. Ink, tattoo, ink, and gold antlers. Uh, the power of attorney document issued by the Turkish consulate. Two pet turtles. Packets and bundles of fake hair. A bidet. A lotion and chicken wings. Doesn't seem like those go together very well. A Gucci loafer, a slab of bluefin tuna for sushi in the back seat, rash cream, an important pregnancy test, a feather, must have been an important feather, uh, a Foley catheter insertion tray kit, slushy machine, paintings of someone's wife, white weight loss surgery guide, horns and a Viking helmet. And somebody lost uh, and left in the back of an Uber their friend's fake tooth. Yay! <laughs> There's your list of about 50 things left in the Uber. Uh, the 10 most forgetful cities are Jacksonville, San Antonio, Palm Springs, Houston, Salt Lake, Miami, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, and St. Louis. Now, as part of this story... Uh, Uber also sent over the 2023, we, even though we're not all the way through and only halfway through the, the year, uh, lost and found trends. They say that the 5th of April was the most forgetfulness 
the most common day for forgotten items with nearly 1,000 lost items. Why on April 5th? No idea. The release also says that pet owners love to bring their furry and not-so-furry friends along for a ride, so much so that this year some passengers accidentally forgot their pet companions in their Uber, including dogs, turtles, hamsters, and even a rat. But not to worry, those pets were safely returned to their humans. Uh, Most forgetful days and times are Saturdays and Sundays, and the most forgetful time is 11 p.m., as I guess some people are just ending their day or beginning their night. Um, So imagine losing your rat on a Saturday in the back of an Uber at 11 (laughs) o'clock. And they say the best way, if you did forget something, to retrieve your lost item is to uh, use the app and contact the driver. So there you go. Nice going, Uber riders. Uh, my last Uber ride was when I was on the uh, cruise, and I and I did the dumb mistake of trying to get, you know, I got the family to the cruise boat uh, a little late and dropped them off at like 1130, and the uh, car rental place closed down at noon, or uh, well, I thought was noon. Uh, I guess it was earlier than that. I get over to the car rental place, and I it's like 12, 10 after 12, and it is a ghost uh, town. I mean, it is totally empty. So I had to drive from uh, Long Beach, basically, all the way over to the Long Beach airport from San Pedro to the airport to drop off the car there and then take an Uber from there back over to the cruise ship. And that was the last one. And it was fine. It was just a fine trip. It was a uh, in a, uh, uh, a Tesla, I believe. And it was just fine. I got to talk to the driver and learned a lot of interesting things. It was nice. All right, now I want to go to the mailbag because I, I received a message on WhatsApp, and I and I don't receive a lot of messages on WhatsApp, so it was it was kind of neat. Uh, and and you can get me on the WhatsApp in the description of the show. I have uh, my WhatsApp contact contact as well as other contact links. And it uh, my WhatsApp message was from Blake, and Blake said uh, it was regarding last week's episode. And Blake writes to me, and I, I don't know if it's a he Blake or a she Blake, but I'll just say Blake says, uh, love driving you crazy. And on the last show, the question was, why not more hydrogen cars? Safe transportation of fuel is one reason. See the following link. And uh, Blake included a link to a Bright Hub article that's titled, Why Hydrogen Cars Won't Work, The Limitations of Hydrogen as a Renewable Fuel. And the article goes on to discuss the importance of energy source efficiency and difficulties of storing storing hydrogen gas and the time and the money it costs to create it. And, and so I put an, a, a link to that article also in the description of the show if you, if you care to read it. But then Blake goes on to say, also you mentioned EV semis being fueled by hydrogen. Because of the time needed to charge, the biggest waste of time for a trucker is loading and unloading, which could be time spent charging. Okay, that's a great idea, Blake, but only if you need to keep your trailer and only uh, if the charging infrastructure is available where you are loading or unloading. And I know it's not always how it works, but it is the most efficient way for a driver to keep on rolling is to pick up a trailer and then drop off a trailer and always keep the cab moving, not moving. I mean, not moving costs truckers money and time. And I'm sure trucks would, you know, obviously need to be fueled in between origin and destination. Otherwise, why are there truck stops all over the country? And it is quicker to fuel a hydrogen powered truck than to charge an electric truck. 
especially in different kinds of weather conditions. Imagine if it's cold, even even if it's just freezing around 30, 30, let's say it's 40 degrees and you do lose time when it comes to charging if you're outside and it's cold. You also lose range when it's cold and you're trying to use those batteries. So all of that plays into the time it takes to charge a car, a truck, anything, right? And so I, as, as I told Blake in my reply to Blake, uh, I talked to a hydrogen expert a while back who told me that the hydrogen can actually pr- be produced at a fueling center at this, uh, and, and that's what they're trying to do is have this fueling center at, let's say, a truck stop or a rest station, and then it creates the hydrogen out of electricity. Now it takes a lot of electricity, but it creates the hydrogen, and then you pull up to that little fueling station, and you get your hydrogen, and then off you go. It's it's about the same amount of time as it takes to fill up with gasoline, which is a lot faster than what it would take ever, or at least for right now, the technology we have now, to charge up a battery, especially in a truck. Um, it takes electricity and water to create hydrogen, and, and there is a, a, there is obviously the problem of transportation with hydrogen, but if you can make it on site, it 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 is obviously takes that problem of transportation out of the mix, but it takes a bunch of electricity to make hydrogen in that way. And, and I do prefer hydrogen over battery, and I, I hope it will emerge as a viable option in the future. And yes, there are cars that are able to use hydrogen, but there just aren't enough hydrogen fueling stations around. There are some in California. They uh, are talking about having one here in Colorado, but there really aren't that many around, uh, not enough to fuel up your your car unless you can make hydrogen at home and then you can fill it up that way. I don't know if that's an option, uh, but maybe that's a way to go is you could have hydrogen fueling stations at your home or your local 7-Eleven. Like maybe if they can uh, deliver the uh, 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 propane tanks over there to 7-Eleven, maybe they can have a little hydrogen fueling station over at the 7-Eleven too and, and you can, uh, off you go. I mean, maybe we're using all our battery technology now, right? And, and maybe in the next 20 years, hydrogen and those problems will be figured out and it will make for better long-term fueling options with hydrogen or some other future fuel source that we don't know yet. People are working on different battery technologies than the current ones with the lithium and the cobalt and all the other problems that we have with current battery technology. Maybe we're just using the battery stuff now, and then in 20 or 25 years, they figure out another fueling system, hydrogen or whatever, and then that that helps us continue the electric movement in the future, because we are going electric. I mean, that's obviously what's going to be happening. It's just a matter of, of in what way and how long will it take and how much money will be spent moving that direction. I always thought it was smarter to try to incorporate high, uh, you know, uh, electricity with the current technology, and eventually the one will take over the other. It's like you've, uh, you, you didn't mandate back in the teens, the 1900s, the early 1900s, when the automobile first came out. No, there was no mandate that you had to get rid of your horse and your buggy. It was just that the automobile became more efficient and an easier way to get around. And so the automobile took over and there were fewer people using their buggies and their horses, even though they were still around, but nobody told you, you can't not use your horse and buggy. Obviously they're still around. Some people, they're in the Amish country, right? 
Um, and so they are still around. Um, but I, th- I thought that would be a better way to get in se- instead of saying you, you are not allowed to, to have any more, uh, uh, internal combustion engine cars. And, and this is the way it's going to be at this date. And, and boom, uh, that, that leads to issues when the technology isn't there to support it. Um, Anyway, Blake wrapped up their message by t- to me saying, uh, I listen uh, live to AM radio in my Tesla by using streaming apps, very clear audio, and I can listen to Denver stations anywhere when I'm not home. Yes, that's one way to get AM radio, and, and I get AM radio sometimes that way as well, but I think the majority of people listen to AM radio on the radio from over the air that they have in their car. I, I think it's why HD radio hasn't taken off. Do you have an HD radio in your car? Some people do. We have one in one of our cars. Uh, I think people with HD radios in their cars, they don't even really maybe listen to the secondary channels or the third channel. or there, There's a lot of cool channels on HD radio. Uh, but if it's not in the car and people don't really know how to use it, uh, they're not going to use it. Look, I, I'm an old-style radio guy. I, I love radio. That I have loved it when I was a kid. Uh, I used to listen to AM radio when I was growing up, and uh, I was growing up in Detroit and had this little box, and I would listen to AM radio at night, and there were a couple of states I could listen to Chicago and Toledo and Toronto and New York and Cincinnati and pick up all these great radio stations and from my bedroom, and I just thought it was so cool that you could hear these stations from so far away at night. It was just fascinating, and I still do that to this day. I still go to sleep with a radio where I can listen to KNX out of Los Angeles from Denver, over the air. I can listen to um, San Antonio. I can listen to Dallas. I can hear Casper, Wyoming. I can hear Des Moines on WHO Radio, uh, 1040 AM. I, I, I know these stations. I just, I'm a radio guy har- at, at my heart. And why I'm in TV, it just worked out that way. But I love radio more than I love TV. That's why I like doing this, because it takes me back to my old radio days. And now I, I, I know eventually it will go the way of streaming, most likely, just because if everybody is connected, then eventually it will it, the advertising will go to streaming and not to over-the-air broadcast if there are fewer people using it. That's just the way life changes. I don't want to see that. I hope I'm long gone before the death of radio, that I'm dead before the <laughs> before radio is dead. But it doesn't mean that that I have to like that streaming is, is coming down uh, the road and going to be running over traditional radio. Uh, I, but, but, and I do use streaming. I listen to other podcasts. I listen to other radio stations from around the world, actually. There's some pretty cool apps. One is this uh, world app, if I... If I grab my phone quick enough here, uh, in my live streaming, uh, I, I actually have a little folder of live streaming uh, apps, uh, and and well, I have the Podbean, of course. I have XM Sirius. I have uh, iHeart and uh, the Apple Podcasts, but I also have one called Radio Garden. It's on uh, my iPhone because I have an iPhone and a, and a Android. So you go to Radio Garden, and it's really cool, and it gives you the uh, uh, the globe, right? And then it's, there's a circle, uh, a little white circle, and you just go around the globe. And what you do is, as you're as you're traveling around the world with the with the with the dial, let's say you land over Hawaii, and then it just starts showing you the Hawaii stations, and, and then starts playing them. And you can zoom in and see all these different stations. It's a really cool way 
to listen to radio from around the world and use a map to do it in those different places. Again, it's called Radio Garden, uh, and I and it's one of my favorite apps that I, I use all the time. Anyway, going back to the, yeah, streaming. I use the streaming, but I still love to listen to over the air, and I still love listening to the, and my radio that I, I listen to at night with my little earbud, it gets shortwave. Who listens to shortwave radio anymore? There really aren't as many broadcasts as I used to listen to back even 10 years ago uh, on shortwave radio. But shortwave radio is still a thing. Um, It's still pretty neat to be able to hear stations from around the world. It's pretty fascinating to me. Anyway, uh, it's like those, like I, like I said earlier, it's like the horse and buggy guys, or, or, you know, there was this one last company that used to make buggy whip, you know, horse whips, right? Whips were, were horse and buggies. And eventually they had to close up shop because there weren't any more people using their horse and buggies and they didn't need any more buggy whips because they were all in cars driving around. So I guess they do an Amish country, but they would they wouldn't buy it from Amazon anyway. They would just make their own, and I don't think they listen to the radio either. They're probably not jamming out to Amish Paradise from Weird Al in one of their uh, little buggies rolling down the highway. Uh, anyway, if you want to write to me uh, as as Blake did, then please do. You can get me on any of the contact links in the description of this show, and I always appreciate hearing from everybody. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.